What is up, everyone? We are back with Feel the Smile, the podcast, episode two, and we're going to jump right in it. And this week, I thought that I would share a topic that is near and dear to my heart, one that I get to share pretty often, and that is my story, my personal testimony, my story of just kind of the craziness that I experienced in my childhood, what Jesus did in it, and then now how I get to share it with other people everywhere and friends like you. And I feel like this is a question that I get pretty often because if I'm ever on someone else's podcast, their blog, anything like that, you know, I get to share the parts of my story that they ask about. And then there's bits and pieces of it on my Instagram. But today I thought that I would just go ahead and share the whole thing. So jumping right into it, Growing up, I grew up with just my mom. My biological dad was never in the picture, um, and life was always pretty good as I knew it to be. I did dance, played soccer, lived the childhood that other little girls around my age seemed to also live, and I just remember growing up with just me and my mom. We always did all the fun things that a mother and daughter duo do. We would go out to eat on the weekends. We would go shopping on the weekends and different things like that. And then when I was eight years old, I remember my mom sat me down and in the best way that a mom knew how, she explained to me that she was going to be moving away for a little while. And that meant that I was going to have to move away too. And I remember I didn't know if that meant that I got to go live with someone that I knew or if it meant that I had to go live with strangers. I remember she had talked a little bit that she didn't know what that would look like either. And so at the age of eight, I packed my bags and I went to live with my aunt and uncle. And I remember at eight years old going to live with my aunt and uncle. That was the first time that I started to realize, okay, my normal that I had experienced, that I had been experiencing was not the normal that other kids my age were experiencing. And what that looked like was a lot of nights I was the only adult or I was the only child in a room full of adults. A lot of those adults under the influence of drugs and alcohol, Um, a lot of boyfriends in and out of the house, a lot of afternoons where I would come home from school by myself at six and seven years old and just wait up until late at night for my mom to come home a lot of nights where I didn't know what we were going to eat for dinner. So I would find stuff to make for dinner myself. Um, Just a lot of times where I would just be alone taking care of my mom versus my mom taking care of me. And yeah, that was just the normal of my childhood and didn't really realize that other kids' childhoods didn't look like that until I was removed from my own. And then um, living with my aunt and uncle, I went to a new school, got to experience um, just new friends and new community. And previously, I had gone to church with my grandmother. Me and my mom would never really go to church unless someone invited us and then would go with my grandmother whenever I would spend the night with her on the weekends. So living with my aunt and uncle and they were plugged into a local church and I remember just hearing about Jesus and he honestly just sounded like a fairy tale is what I remember describing it as. I never really believed in fairy tales growing up. I remember forcing myself to watch Cinderella because I knew all my other friends watched it when really I would always just watch the things that my mom 
we're watching and a lot of those things were um, movies and TV shows that a kid my age should never have watched anyways. And so was really numb to the reality of a fairy tale. I remember asking my mom if Santa Claus was real and her just being like, he's real if you believe that he's real. And so to me, Jesus just sounded like another Santa Claus or another Easter bunny where it's like you, that he's real if you believe he's real. But that doesn't always guarantee the truth. And so when I heard about Jesus, that he was this guy that you just pray to and believe in, and then all of your chaos would be brought into order. I remember just being like, that sounds a little crazy. But at the time, in the middle of the chaos that life was at nine years old, chose to give Jesus a shot and believe in him. And so every moment after that, every wave of hardship was really just another opportunity where I would just take Jesus at his word and believe in the goodness that he had for me and believe that despite the hardship that life was bringing, maybe he really could bring a good thing to a bad story. And so at nine years old, accepted Jesus into my heart and just continued to go through the rhythm of childhood in a new place. I was living with my two cousins who were my besties at the time. I remember the day that I moved in with him, we were like, all of our dreams are coming true because we get to be best friends. We get to have sleepovers every night. And I remember that reality was the most fun for about three weeks until I realized that that was my new reality. I was an only child before. So going from being an only child to having to share your everything with your new roommate was just completely out of the norm for me. And I was a bit of a selfish child, believe it or not. Loved my stuff, loved my stuff the way that I wanted it. So me and my cousins, um, we went through lots of trials and triumphs together. And it's such a blessing that now they are back to being my best friends, which I love so much. But during that time, it was a lot. I was also experiencing just being separated from my mom when she was at rehab and I was with my aunt and uncle. And just experience a lot of days where my mom would want to share the hardships that she was experiencing with me, wanted, um, made me think that I was living with people that took me from her versus the other way around. Really, um, the reality was that I was separated because of the things that she was doing in her life. And so just experienced a lot of really hard days a lot of confusion because I was being shown so much love by my aunt and uncle, but then experiencing so much hurt and pain from my mom. And so for about the next year and a half, I lived with them while navigating the relationship of living with them, but also having my mom as well. And after a year, um, my mom was exiting from the rehab program. And I remember I went to spend a weekend with her, which were always super fun weekends, except this weekend was a little different because I remember I was riding in the back seat of the car and I saw in the front seat that my mom had a styrofoam cup and my mom would always drink out of styrofoam cups, which is the silliest little detail, but one that my eight-year-old mind will forever remember. And I remember I asked my mom, I was like, mom, can I have a sip of your drink? And knowing what it was, I remember my mom was like, this is mom's drink, but in a second, I will go into the store and I'll get you your own drink. So I remember we pulled into this little gas station and my mom walked inside. And as she walked inside, I leaned up and I smelled what was in her cup. 
And I remember the moment that I smelt what was in her cup that I just immediately broke down in tears because I knew that the one thing that separated me and my mom was the one thing that she had gone back to. And I decided that if my mom wasn't going to tell anyone, then I wasn't going to tell anyone either. And so a few weeks later, I moved back in with my mom and I just remember re-entering the reality of what my childhood once was, except this time the drinking got worse and my eyes were open to the reality of it. And so at this point, I'm 10 years old and living with my mom and just the reality of the hard things that we were walking through. I remember I had a babysitter at the time and I tried to tell my babysitter, my mom's drinking again. She needs help again. And my babysitter was just one of my mom's friends that didn't want to believe the reality that we were living in either. And one afternoon, I remember my mom drove to pick me up and she was so just under the influence of alcohol that my babysitter was even like, you're not going to drive Scarlett home today, but I'm going to bring Scarlett home this afternoon. And just throughout the rest of that summer, just experiencing so much loneliness and brokenness, um, feeling like I was crying out to an empty space because I felt like the people that I was trying to tell weren't even believing me. Um, but also during this time, you know, trying to stay true to the Lord and believe in his faithfulness for my life and his faithfulness for my story. And so finally, at the end of that summer, a memory that I actually don't even remember myself, but um, was told the reality of it. But I called my grandmother for help and I told her, I said, mom's drinking again and I don't feel safe and I don't feel comfortable and I want someone to come pick me up. And so in the craziness of custody battles and fights with the court system, my uncle came over to my mom's house and he just rescued me from another broken reality that I was living in. And at that point was the last day that I would see my mom for the next few months. So I went back and lived with them for a little bit and then also started to go live with my grandmother as well just trying to get back into the rhythm of going to school while also being separated from my mom while also bouncing around from one family member to another and during this time my aunt and uncle decided that they wanted to find somewhere that was long term for me somewhere that could provide me the love of a family and a mom and dad in the family dynamic of a Christian believers and, and people that love the Lord and so at 10 years old in the middle of fifth grade I was at my grandmother's house and I remember my aunt and uncle came over and my cousins weren't with them. So I thought that that was a little weird. And they sat me down at the kitchen table and they were like, Scarlett, um, we love you so much. And your grandmother's supposed to be your grandmother. She's not supposed to be your mom. And we're your aunt and uncle and we want to be your aunt and uncle. We can't be your mom and dad. And they were like, so we found a place for you to live. And it's a children's home, not far down the road. And they are going to be able to give you a family that loves you and cares for you. And that's stable that you'll be able to live with. And the way that I always explain it is like, think of the feeling of your heart dropping. Except I felt that head to toe. And it was like fear wasn't a mindset. Fear wasn't a moment of a feeling, but it was something that I 
tangibly felt all over me. And so I remember I just started crying and I was like, but I want to live with y'all, but I want to live with y'all. And just kept saying that over and over and over again, because I'd feared for so long that one day I would have to live with people that I didn't know. And that was the day that that fear became reality. And so I remember my grandmother had a magazine of the children's home and showed me the website. And that was just the first moment that I really felt a tangible moment with the Holy Spirit because for the first time, I felt fear and anxiety, and it was immediately shifted to um, excitement and to joy and to peace. And I knew that God loved me and I knew that he had a plan for my life. And that because of that, I knew that he would hold my hand through all of the hard days that were to come. And because of that security, I could rest in his goodness and could be excited for what was to come. And so a few weeks later, I packed my bags and I moved to this children's home that was about 30 minutes away. It's called Big Oak Ranch. And I remember just driving down the driveway for the first time and just seeing pastures of just beautiful rolling hills and seeing horses. And I still think that it's just one of the most beautiful places. And that day I walked into the office and had a meeting with my social worker, but then also had a meeting with the executive director of the ranch and my aunt and uncle said that we walked into that meeting and that Mr. John who started Big Oak came over and he sat beside me and he said, Scarlett, I want you to know that your grandmother loves you so much that she wanted to find somewhere that could take care of you like a family takes care of you. And your aunt and uncle love you so much that they wanted to find a place that could take care of you and love you the way that a family like this can take care of you and love you. And I, he said, but I want to know from you, why do you want to be a part of Big Oak Ranch? And my uncle says that I said, all I've ever wanted is one family to love me and one place to be loved and a place to go home to. And that I think that I can find that here. And it's just so crazy because I think for a little girl's heart to just be broken and hurting the way that it was to just be able to experience the love of Jesus, the way that I got to experience it there and to experience what it was like to have a family that loved me and cared for me and was there for me 24 seven was exactly what I got to experience and was the one of the first um, experiences of God's love too, that God's love would always be there. It was always a place that I could run to and just always goodness that I could stand on and that was trustworthy and unconditional. And so at 10 years old, my new reality was this big family with lots of brothers and sisters and a mom and a dad. And I loved it. I felt like God was graceful enough to give me a little trial run of having siblings when I was living with my cousins. And so this was the real deal. Whenever I had literally eight sisters and a mom and a dad in the house, and it was just the best thing ever. And so for the next four years, I lived with my first family. And at the end of those four years, about a month before I turned 15, I remember I was on my way home from volleyball practice and the girl that picked me up 
worked for Big Oak and she was like Scarlet. Um, a season has come to an end and a chapter is closing and your house parents aren't going to be your parents anymore. And I remember I was just broken by that reality because I thought that they were going to get to be my family forever. And my heart was just torn apart to realize that they weren't going to be. And so I moved in with my second family at 15. And I always explain my second family as when you're spending the night at your best friend's house and you're comfortable enough to go get a snack out of the pantry, but you still can't relax because it's not your house. And that was just what life felt like for the next year and a half. I was 15 and about to turn 16. So you're driving, have your driver's permit, feel like you could run the world. I was also playing travel volleyball at the time. So I was gone a lot during the week at practice and then gone a lot on the weekends at tournaments. And I just remember trying to just run away from my pain and what I was experiencing by filling my time with other people and other things. And I just didn't let myself process emotions for probably about a year and a half. And during that time, I will never forget, I had previously had a lot of visits with my mom, but then those visits had just kind of slowed down. And I remember I got a call from my mom and she was like, Scarlett, I don't know how much longer you're going to be able to live with me. Um, I'm really sick. I'm in the hospital and you need to come see me. And I remember just hearing those words and hearing those words from someone that had spent a lot of years just manipulating my heart and manipulating my mind. I remember I just didn't really know whether or not to believe her. And I remember I hung up the phone and I was super emotional and really upset and just didn't really know whether what she was sharing was true or whether it was false. And a few days later, my grandmother called my house parents and she said, Scarlett's mom is really sick and she is in fact in the hospital. And we don't know how many more days that we're going to be able to spend with her. But I think that it would be best if Scarlett came and saw her mom for like one last time. And so after that, I remember my grandmother came and picked me up and she drove me to the hospital and just saw my mom laying um, just almost lifeless at the mercy of the alcohol that she had been consuming over the years. And when you see someone that you love so much that's become a victim to just a tangible substance, it's a reality that you just can't put into words. And so literally in the matter of three weeks, I saw my mom just um, pass away before our eyes in the hospital. And I remember in the hospital room, my grandmother said, I know that God wouldn't bring us through something so hard for nothing. And I know that he wouldn't bring us through something so hard without something good on the other side of it. And so for so long, I just clung to the promise that God would have purpose through the pain that we were experiencing. And I lost my mom April of my sophomore year of high school. And then about a month later after that, my house parents sat us down and told us that they would be leaving. And I remember just being numb to pain and being numb to that reality. And um, I told my counselor, I said, I need you to move me into a house where I can live the next three, two or three years and then never have to talk to these people ever again. And sure enough, my house parents that I had next, which were my third set, 
were the best house parents ever. They were super chill. They were an older couple, had already raised kids of their own. And I was like, this is every teenage girl's dream. They let us talk to boys. That was when Snapchat became a thing. So they were letting us Snapchat. And I was like, this is just exactly what every girl has dreamed for. And I'll never forget I lived with them for about four weeks, and um, at the end of those four weeks, they brought me home, and um, they were like, they all they sat us all down at the kitchen table, and um, I remember them explaining that they were like, the Lord's calling us to a new season, and we're not going to be your mom and dad anymore, and we're so sorry. Um, but we love y'all so much. And we know that God has awesome things in store for you. And I remember I had one tear go down my cheek and I walked out the door. And for the first time, I just remember running into one of my mentor's arms and just breaking down. And I think a lot of the emotion, a lot of the anger, a lot of the frustration from years before just started flooding out. And a lot of times when we hold in our emotions, it's destined to come out one day or the next. And that was the day that it did. And I remember I was just so brokenhearted. I didn't understand why people said that they loved me, but then they kept walking out of my life. I didn't understand why God told me that he would be good to my story. Yet my reality looked like living a life without my mom. It looked like house parents walking out. And I just remember um, just being so hurt and broken, but finally being honest with that reality. And about four or five days later, I packed my bag and I moved in with my fourth set of house parents who are, spoiler alert, still my house parents now. And I just remember I did not want to give them the time of day. I was so rude and I said, my friends are better family than y'all will ever be because they're the only ones that have stuck around. I said, y'all won't be here longer than six months because y'all are going to realize that this wasn't what y'all thought it was going to be and y'all are going to leave like every other family that's tried to care for me. And I said, no matter what y'all do, no matter what y'all say, y'all will never be my mom and dad. And I just remember there was nothing I could say or do that would push away their love for me. And it was just a season of tangibly experiencing the powerful love of God because there's nothing that we can say. There's nothing that you can ever do that will push God's love away from you because God's love is unconditional. He loves us because he chose us. He loves us because we're his. He doesn't love us because of the things that we do for him or the things that we accomplish in our life, but he loves us because we are truly his children. And that was exactly the love that I experienced from my mom and dad, that they gave up everything that they had ever known. They left their reality. They sacrificed their family to move to a place where they could love me and love my siblings and just get to truly be a mom and dad for us. And I remember I was at a volleyball tournament and I had forgotten a pair of my black socks. And when you're one of eight kids and you leave your black socks at home, you're just not playing with black socks. But I had a new set of house parents and I was like, okay, maybe this lady will take me to get my black socks. And so I was like, hey, I'm supposed to play in black socks today. Is there any way you could go to Academy and get me some black socks? And I remember she was just like, absolutely no worries in the sweetest high-pitched voice and I was like what in the world this is so crazy like why did this lady just say yes to go get me black socks and sure enough she came back with Nike Elite socks which were like top of the tier in 2017 and I was like this is the best day ever 
and my mom brought me these socks and I remember my mom said that that game was the first time that I ever called her mom in front of my friends and I don't ever like remember that being a big deal but I know that it was a big deal to my mom at the time and I remember I just brushed that off and I was like that's not a big deal like we call so many people mom and dad there's no reason that you need to take that to heart like I still basically don't care about y'all and there was just nothing that I could do after that moment that would just get in the way of my mom loving me and my dad loving me and then just showing me the unconditional love of a parent. But really in that was just the unconditional love of God. And so I will never forget Thanksgiving that year when I just knew that I never wanted to leave them, that I knew that um, they just loved me so much and I loved them so much. And I remember just crying in the car because I didn't even want to leave them. And that was a lot for my hardened 17-year-old heart. And just from that moment on, um, just saw just moment after moment of God's goodness and God's faithfulness in my story. And I was a sophomore in college, the first time that I ever had the opportunity to share my story with other people and to share it with other girls that also grew up in similar circumstances. And I just fell in love with communicating God's heart with other people and just getting to share my story with other people too. And then now that just blossomed into sharing God's word with other people as well. And so now fast forward to today, I can just be here to testify that I spent a lot of years wondering if God was going to be faithful to a broken heart like mine and if God was going to stay true to his promise and stay true to his word through a lot of years of hurting and brokenness and just questioning God's goodness because of what the reality of my life looks like. And so today I can share with y'all that he is true to his promise and that he does mean every word that he speaks over you and to take the positive words that people speak over your life and receive those as just um, the words of the Lord spoken through other people. And for the one that has been hurt by someone that they love, the one that has just seen um, someone that they love their life be taken because of addiction to drugs or alcohol or anything related to that. I just want to say that it hurts and to give yourself grace on the hard days that you need to mourn and to love your heart on those days. But just because we go through a hard earthly circumstance doesn't keep us from a good heavenly purpose. And I think that I can just testify to that 110% because today I get to live a life that's full of joy. Today I get to live a life that literally gets to share of God's goodness um, that made it through a lot of hard days where I wasn't able to just see the reality of who Jesus was. And I just pray that you get to see the reality of God's faithfulness through my story and that you get to see that God wants to be that faithful to you. And I hope that you know that despite the hard things that happen in life, it doesn't change the good nature of the Lord because he's so faithful to use every part of your hardship. He's so faithful to use every bad day and to bring it to his goodness. And I hope that you just get to see the glory of the Lord shine through my life and my story and the words and messages that I get to put out and share. And I'm so grateful that you listen to um, an even another episode of the Field Smile podcast, but also that you would take a moment to listen to my story and let it just inspire your heart, but also just 
fuel your faith in the life that you get to live. So I'm so grateful for each of you guys that tune in and listen. Um, I'm excited for the weeks to come. I'm excited to invite more guests in onto the podcast so that you can get to hear not only from me, but also get to hear from other people too. And per usual, I'm praying for your week, praying um, for just that you would see God's goodness in your life and that you would just get to experience it every single day. And so I hope that y'all have the best week ever. I hope that you get to feel the smile this week and just experience the goodness of the Lord in all that you do. But love you guys and thanks for listening.